I've been really pounding this idea lately, how words work. Words don't mean words. Words represent ideas. One person has an idea in their head, they say words to a second person to communicate that idea, then the second person churns those words back into an idea, hopefully matching the first person's idea. That's how words work. I got a little more specific in the video, ironically, called How Words Work. If you haven't seen that video, you really should. You'll understand this video a lot better if you already have a feel for how words work in real life. And that's what this all is leading up to, real life. But here's the thing about real life. Real life is crazy. What that means specifically when it comes to words is, since words don't mean words, words represent ideas, there are basically infinite uses of each word. All we can do is learn the general idea of a word, remember words represent ideas, and the most common ways the word is used in real life, and how it's not. Then just look at real life examples. And that's exactly what we're going to do. In this video, we're going to focus on a group of words, mostly cognates. But the main goal isn't so much to learn the words and their specific uses. It's A, learn the general idea of each word, and B, see how that general idea is evident in its different uses. And that's a skill, a skill we need to practice, seeing a word, knowing its general idea, and deciding how it's being used. It's a skill we'll be applying a lot in future videos, first with a video called the puzzle strategy, then fun with words, life lessons. But most importantly, the skill you're going to practice in this video is a skill you'll need in real life. Welcome to Fun with Cognates. Ultimo to simple. Hola, soy Jordan and this is a Spanish quickie. Fast, easy Spanish lessons from somebody who speaks your language. Okay, this video is kinda intense. I cover a lot and I move fast. So with this video in particular, it might be a good use of your time to watch it twice. You'll see where I'm going the first time, then the second time, really be able to focus on the nuance of what I'm saying. We're gonna do this six degrees of separation type thing, like every word is connected within six words. In this video, we'll start with ultimo and cover a bunch of different words ending on the word simple. If you think of any other fun or interesting uses of these words, leave a comment below, but please say where you're from. That's important. Like I said, there are infinite uses of each word, so it would be really cool to hear different ways each word is used all over the world, or ways it's not. First up is the word ultimo, and that's an adjective, so ultimo or ultima, or ultimos or ultimas. I'm about to show you a couple different ways the word ultimo can be used, but they all have some Something to do with being the last or final. So the general idea, the general meaning of ultimo is last or final. Let's look at some examples and see what that means in real life. I learned Spanish while traveling, so I first encountered ultimo at the train or bus station. If you want to know when is the last train, you can ask cuando sale el ultimo tren. That literally translates to when does the last train leave, but that's the common way to ask when is the last train or when is the final train or when is the latest train. But all those English translations mean the same thing. When you hear any of those English translations, you get the same idea in your head. So ultimo can mean last, final, or latest. Other stuff too, but all having to do in some way with being the final whatever. Here's an interesting example. A common phrase out there is en los últimos años. If you were talking with somebody about a time period that already ended, en los últimos años could mean in the final year 
years or in the last years. In the final years of his life could be said en los últimos años de su vida. In the final minutes of the game could be said en los últimos minutos del partido. But check this out. En los últimos años he trabajado mucho. Now últimos años is referring to the final years of a time period that has not ended yet. I'm still alive. So in this case en los últimos años means more in recent years. So en los últimos años he trabajado mucho would basically be in recent years I have worked a lot. Again, ultimo can be used a million different ways, but they all have something to do with being the final or last. Even when it's used for recent or latest, those refer to the last so far. The most recent is the last so far. The latest is the last so far. Cool? Ultimo is used way more in Spanish than it is in English. They say ultimo when we say final, last, latest, recent, and a bunch of other stuff. And remember, you can churn any adjective into a noun by adding an article before it like el or la. You'll see this often with ultimo. You could ask, cuando sale el ultimo tren? When is the last train? But if you're at the train station and there's nothing but trains there, you can just ask, cuando sale el ultimo? When is the last one? Now here's the thing about ultimo. It doesn't really mean ultimate like when we use it in English for the best. When we say ultimate in English as in the best, they would say a bunch of things. But the most most common is probably El Maximo. I'm a huge wrestling fan and the Ultimate Warrior is a very famous wrestler. Rest in peace, warrior. But in Spanish, if you translated that directly, it would be El Ultimo Guerrero and that would mean more the last warrior. In fact, there's a Japanese wrestler with a Mexican name, El Ultimo Dragon, and the story is that he was the last student of some famous Mexican wrestler, thus his name, El Ultimo Dragon. Clearly, they mean he is the last dragon. Then there's the adverb version of this word. Ultimamente. Ultimamente has proven a little tricky for me because ultimamente means recently or lately, nothing else really. They don't use ultimamente like we use ultimately. That's why it's been a little tricky for me to get used to. So I haven't seen him lately could be said, no lo he visto ultimamente. Notice how ultimamente is being used as lately or recently, which again refer to the last or final whatever, years, days, minutes, just so far. If you don't know all the words or grammar in these examples, don't worry, focus on the task at hand. In this case, how ultimamente is being used. The other words in grammar aren't so important right now. Everything is important, of course, just one thing at a time. But I'll be honest with you, I don't really use ultimamente for lately or recently. I wouldn't say, no lo he visto ultimamente. I would say, I haven't seen him recently with the word recientemente, which means recently, obviously. So I haven't seen him lately or recently would be, at least from my mouth, no lo he visto recientemente. Not only is that word really fun to say, recientemente, but it just feels more like recently to me. Don't get me wrong, ultimamente is probably the more common way to say recently or lately. Recientemente is a little more formal, but recientemente isn't rare and both words would be perfectly understood in all circumstances. You can say whatever you want, but be prepared to hear and see both ultimamente and recientemente used for recently or lately. Then very very straightforward, recent in Spanish is reciente. The recent years could be said los últimos años or los años recientes, and both are very common. Recent news could be said noticia reciente. You'll also sometimes see reciente used for fresh baked, like recently baked. So you get by now that último is used for last or final, but there is another word out there you'll recognize. The word final exists in Spanish too, as both an adjective and a noun. So the final years could be said los últimos años, like we did before, but it can also 
be said los años finales. The final hours could be las últimas horas or las horas finales. Final is pretty simple, I think. Then when it's used as a noun, it's a male noun. So el final. And in Spanish, el final is the most common way to say end or ending. So I didn't see the end of the movie could be said no vi el final de la película. El final could be translated there as the end or the ending, which do mean the same thing. One thing I should point out, you might see final as a feminine noun if you're a sports fan. Brazil is playing in the final of the World Cup, could be said Brasil juega en la final del mundial. For some reason, they say la final instead of el final when speaking of sports. Now that you know the best way to say the end in Spanish, el final, it's time you learn the opposite, the beginning or start. My favorite way to say beginning in Spanish is with the word principio, el principio, a very common way to say the beginning. The beginning of the game could be said el principio del partido, but there are several other similar words and they'll all look familiar to you. Another common way to say beginning or or start is el comienzo, like commence or commencement. The beginning of the game could be said el principio del partido, but it can also be said el comienzo del partido. Both words can be used for the beginning or start. Context will tell you whether they mean the beginning period or the moment when something started. El comienzo de la primavera could mean the beginning of spring, like the first part of spring, or it can mean the start of spring, like the moment or day it starts. It just depends on the context, as always. Then, origin in Spanish is origen, el origen, and they basically use el origen exactly like we use origin. If you'd say origin in English, say el origen in Spanish. The origin of the disease could be said el origen de la enfermedad. Then, not so common is inicio, el inicio, and that means the beginning or start and looks like the word initial. Initial in English is an adjective, I think, not a noun, so this is familiar but a little different. Like I said, it's kind of a formal word, but it is used, so keep an eye out for it. But really, no need to say it, just recognize it. Okay, we covered the beginning, el principio and el comienzo. We covered the end, último and final. Well, the time between the beginning and the end is the duration, or in Spanish, la duración. And that word works the same in Spanish as it does in English. The duration of the movie could be said, la duración de la película. But in Spanish, unlike in English, that I know of, they have a verb version of duración, durar, and that means to last or to go on for. So at the train station when traveling, I'll often ask, ¿cuánto tiempo dura? That means how much time does it last? I'm asking how long the trip is. Dura is just the conjugated form of durar. Durar is a very common verb in Spanish. The movie lasts two hours could be said, la película dura dos horas. Another similar and very common word in Spanish is durante, which means during or for like for a certain time. First, an example of durante as during. You're not allowed to speak during the exam could be said, está prohibido hablar durante el examen. We say during, they say durante. Real simple. Now an example of durante meaning for, as in for a certain amount of time. I studied for three years could be said, estudié durante tres años. That might sound a little weird, but I promise after you hear it a few times and say it a few times, it's really no big deal. But you can also use por here instead of durante for for. Estudie por tres años and estudie durante tres años means exactly the same thing. I studied for three years. We'll be going over the whole por versus para thing real soon, but one good way to learn por versus para is remember the different situations in which they're each used. For time, for a duration, it's almost always por.
poor. No, it's always poor. It means the same thing as durante. Por tres años, por unas horas, por dos semanas. Always poor in that situation. Okay, before we move on, I do need to tell you about mientras. That kind of means during also, but more in the way of while or meanwhile. So while the child sleeps, the mom eats, could be said, mientras el niño duerme, la madre come. Mientras there means while. Mientras can be used many different ways, but all the meanings of mientras have something to do with one thing happening while a second thing is happening. We can't start until he comes could be said, no podemos comenzar mientras no venga. Notice the word while doesn't appear in the English sentence, but the sentiment is, while he is not here, we can't start. See that? A great example to really show you how words work. Mientras and most words have a gajillion different meanings, but if you know that mientras basically means while and you see this sentence, no podemos comenzar mientras no venga, and you know the other words, you will understand that mientras means until, oddly. So if I saw that sentence for the first time, no podemos comenzar mientras no venga, I would translate it in my head as we can't start while he doesn't come, or she doesn't come. Not a great way to say it in English, but I don't care. The meaning is the same. That's why being a translator is a different skill than just being able to talk and understand. Now, I have to tell you, I personally wouldn't say that sentence like that. I just used it as an example to show you how mientras works. But it's totally correct. I would just say something more like no podemos comenzar hasta que no venga. Hasta que instead of mientras. Hasta means until and the que is needed to make the sentence work. Don't worry about that now. I also want to call your attention to the word duro or dura. It's an adjective, which means hard. Like hard as in not soft. The diamond is very hard could be said el diamante es muy duro. The table is very hard could be said la mesa es muy dura. The bread is stale or the bread is hard could be said el pan está duro. At first, it might seem like duro as in hard has nothing to do with durar or durante which means to last basically. But when something is hard, it lasts, right? Or it has lasted? I mean, I can't say 100% that these words all have the same origin or are related, but that's how I look at it personally. Something hard lasts longer. Duro dura means hard as in solid. But in English, we also use the word hard as an adverb. He hits hard. Now hard means more with force or with power. You can use duro for this too. But when it's an adverb, it's always duro, never dura. So he hits hard would be el pega duro. She hits hard would be ella pega duro. We also say stuff like I work hard. Now hard means strenuously basically. And you can use duro here too. I work hard could be said yo trabajo duro. The word duro can be used many different ways in Spanish. Hard like a solid is hard. Hard like with force he hits hard. And hard like strenuously I work hard. But when we say hard in English as in difficult they usually use the word difícil in Spanish. Which is nice because those words obviously look alike. Hard as in difficult in Spanish is difícil. The exam is very hard could be said el examen es muy difícil. These words duro and difícil are somewhat interchangeable but they do have a subtle difference in meaning. Context will tell you what's meant. Take a look at these examples. It's a hard situation. You can say that in Spanish either way. Es una situación dura or es una situación difícil. But to me at least when you say duro it's more of a struggle. You don't have enough water when in the desert. You have a decision to make and you're thinking about it a lot. You're struggling with it. Que vida tan dura is a common way to say what a hard life. Then when you say difícil it means more like it's actually harder, like you need more skills to accomplish 
accomplish the goal. Here's a cool example I found randomly on the internet. It's the headline from a soccer or football article. Maidana says, va a ser duro y difícil marcar a Douglas. That says it's going to be hard and difficult to guard Douglas. I'm just guessing that marcar here means to guard from the context. I know the articles about soccer because it had a picture of a guy playing soccer. I know they guard people in most sports and I assume that's true for soccer as well. And finally, I know that marcar means to mark. This is another good example showing you how real life works. Even though I've never seen marcar used for to guard in sports, I correctly guessed it. But now that I look it up, it seems they use the verb to shadow in English more than to guard. Or maybe that's just a UK USA thing? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I correctly pictured the idea. Call it shadow, call it guard, I don't care. Just in Spanish, say marcar. But the main point of this example is look how they're using duro and difícil in the same sentence. They're using duro to say it's going to be grueling, a struggle. It's going to take a lot of energy. He's going to have to run hard and move quickly all the time. But it's also going to be difficult because no matter how hard he works, no matter how grueling it'll be, in addition, it'll also be difficult to run as fast as Douglas, to move as quickly as Douglas. The steps needed to complete will be difficult. Feel that? I often make things sound more complicated than they really are. That's what happens when you talk about stuff sometimes. But I promise, if you know the general vibe of a word, context will usually make it clear what the specific meaning is in that sentence. We're almost done, and it's pretty easy from here on out. The word for easy in Spanish is fácil. That doesn't really look like easy, but once you know difícil is difficult, it's really easy to get used to the fact that fácil is its opposite. They also have the word simple, which means, you guessed it, simple. Simple in Spanish means simple or easy, just like it does in English. You could say, el examen es muy fácil, or el examen es muy simple, just like you could say, the exam is very easy, or the exam is very simple in English. A little subtle difference in meaning, perhaps, but not really. Now, sometimes we do say simple in English when we can't say easy, and it works the same way in Spanish. The simple house could be said, la casa simple, but la casa fácil, no. I'm a simple man could be said, soy un hombre simple, but soy un hombre fácil, don't say that. I'd say generally, fácil can be used anytime you'd say easy in English. Then simple can be used anytime you'd say simple in English, but they are interchangeable sometimes. Okay, that's enough for this video. Did you enjoy this lesson? Well, if you want more, my premium course, Fun With Words, has at least six videos just like this. I say at least because as I make this video, it has six, but I'll be posting at least four more, so a total of 10 dense videos just like this one. Plus, there are over 30 videos in the previous modules covering all the different cognate groups, and there are still several full modules to come. Below this video, you'll find a word list with all the words we talked about today, all the main words, not all the words and all the examples. The word list is there as a PDF and as an Anki file for all you Anki users, and it's there as a text file too, so you can load it up in pretty much any flashcard app. I'll see you next time. Another fun with Cognates video. Hasta luego. Adios, amigo. Thank <laughs> you.